Hey everyone, it's Matt and Lucas. We got a quick announcement for you. As some of you may have noticed, we've been kind of alluding to revamping the website a little bit um, and adding some new content on there. Super excited to announce as of this episode, we are officially live with the website. Go check it out. Thanks for playing .live. We got a lot of exciting written content on there from everything covering from, you know, our reviews like on Hogwarts Legacy, some think pieces, some reviews on games we're not even going to do for the podcast, but exclusive to the website like uh, Destiny 2's Lightfall and a lot of other great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's very exciting. You know, uh, it's been a lot of work basically this year. Matt and I made it a big goal for the podcast to actually have more written content out there. Um, you know, for those of you who've been listening for a while, we've always been in growth mode, you know, trying to promote the yes. pod, trying to get our voices out there. And thanks for playing Dot .live. Um, we're looking to turn into a real content-driven website with, one, all of our regular reviews that we do. So you could always check there for basically the written version of every review we do for this podcast. But additional reviews that we don't have time for for the podcast that are covered by a wide variety of our contributors. Um, Hot Mickey, as you know, a contributor uh, Chambers, who's been on this, um, producer Sam, um, Hyalette, Orion, a uh, lot of great people, including some new voices who maybe you guys haven't heard of before. So check out Thanks for Playing Live for the latest and greatest in video game, nerd culture, movie, TV content. And we hope to see you there. Now for the episode. Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Oh! <laughs> What's that? So, what that? Well, yeah, that no, no. <laughs> okay, I was gonna... So Hogwarts Legacy is coming out this week. And I wanted to make a like Harry Potter hum. But all that came to my mind was what? the Halo sounds. What is a Harry Potter hum? <laughs> or like, like, like hum something from the soundtrack. I mean, sorry, like whatever, like an icon, like how you know, like Star Wars, dun dun, not like something like that, but for Harry Potter. And <laughs> do, nothing. Do came, the only again? thing that came to mind. I don't want to. The only <laughs> thing that came to mind was the Halo, uh, oh, like whatever it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I just couldn't, I couldn't find Harry Potter. Um, what's up, everyone? Um, it's Monday night here in uh, in LA, Southern California. Um, I would like to say something, please. To this day, I think that the Thanksgiving episode we did is one of the. Uh, there's two episodes of TFP I love. I don't know why. I just think our Spec Ops line just episode two? was so fucking good. Two. I hate the rest. There's two that I particularly <laughs> always stand out to me. Well, three. I think our Spec Ops the Op episode was really fucking good. Spec like Ops you and the I were both Spec Ops the Line, excuse me. You and I were both really on point that day. I remember it was just a really good conversation. Our Dennis Dyat conversation was really good. Our interview with him. Love that one. That's my favorite. And I was talking to someone at the climbing gym today. I was telling them about the podcast. I was explaining to them that like, oh, yeah, it's like a gaming centric. And they said they were interested in checking it out. But I'm like, this person doesn't play games. So I would want to like send them an episode. That's good if I did. And I was like, oh, the Thanksgiving episode. That was kind of funny. And honestly, I was listening to that back a little bit on my way back from the climbing gym. Just to, like decide if I should show it to this person. And, like, 
we are that's a fucking funny episode maybe i'm just like patting myself on the back too much but like when luke or when when we get into like the gravy stuff man (laughs) the gravy conversation wait wait that shit was funny i are you talking about the what was the gravy conversation i don't recall the gravy conversation i i I picked stuffing i picked stuffing as my first pick and then i think mickey took gravy as his second and I was like, so it ruined your stuffing. It ruined your stuffing. I was just like, what the fuck am I going to do without gravy? And then it just was like, Lucas was picking wine and loved ones. And you, just, yeah. Looking back on it, I should have doubled down on my weird picks and just picked butter as well. And you guys would have been fucked. You guys wouldn't have been able to cook with any butter. Your bread would have been dry. And my stuff would have been so much better. Butter, mashed potatoes, potatoes, wine, wine and, loved ones. and butter. <laughs> what else do you need <laughs> it's all coming back oh man i've actually Funny. seen people just eat butter raw just to, just take a munch out of a that's a movement stick. these days the uh it is crazy people yeah it's like meat Wait. eggs and butter is all they need to eat oh yeah. that's uh yeah. what diet is that carnivore or animal based but some people that do animal based they'll incorporate other foods like fruits and certain carbs but um like the hard hardcore people that are carnivore i mean it's literally just I think it's predominantly red meat, but it is inclusive to like fish and chicken like and whatever. Red and meat and f- like mostly fat, right? Like fatty stuff in general. Not a lot mm-hmm. of carbs. Yeah. So it's yeah, like it's basically super yeah. hardcore keto is probably the simplest super hardcore keto. It. That's the one. Yeah. Keto. There's a lot of butter in keto, huh? Yeah. Because you're supposed to eliminate most of your carbs. So I think it's like you have maybe two or three percent of your diet is carbs and then the rest is just fats and uh, um, protein, which... I don't know. I mean, everyone do what uh, fits your fancy, but you know what I'll say about diet? Do what is sustainable and healthy for you. Thank you, Matt. If you genuinely enjoy a carnivore diet and like you genuinely feel good on it, fine, do it. Keto, paleo, Mediterranean, whatever. Just something that's good and sustainable. That's what that's what you need for diet that you can stick to. Thank I you. had a weightlifting friend who did a cheeseburger-only diet for a month. Oh my god, that sounds awesome! How'd that go? <laughs> it actually went really well. I forget what the results were, but it, it was positive results. The results he was looking for. <laughs> what were what looking was for? he were looking, looking for? for? <laughs> he, he's a professional powerlifter, and he did and, a cheeseburger oh. only diet. Well, I mean, for. yeah, he's just probably trying to get a yeah. hella. How were his shits? Could he? Could he poop? <laughs> yeah, Mickey. He, did you? He, ask he did not say that. I did not ask him. I, my I, man like, was, my man was probably, on Twitter. My man was probably backed up three weeks. <laughs> like, dude, honestly, unless he had those whole wheat buns, high I, fiber. I think uh, I, I would, I would love a cheeseburger only diet. I might become a powerlifter just to just to make. Was that this happen. a genuinely like exclusive cheeseburger only diet, Mickey? Yes. Or was there like wow? Yes, like, and, and he kept tweeting about his progress, like for like each day, like how it was going. Hey, that one guy, uh, super size me guy, Morgan something. Uh, remember he I'm ate cheese, him, he, yeah. he he ate McDonald's every day for like a month and then he had to go to the hospital and stuff. That was that was bullshit, right? That didn't. That's, that was didn't longer actually, than a month. Yeah, it was like he had to do it for one month straight, and then he was like every time he had to get a large if they wanted if they asked him if he wanted a super. No, I'm pretty stuff. sure that was a very was a year? long endeavor. I think it was a year. Okay, I'm it was confusing all, it. Uh, it was. I, I'll it make was, you look it up. It was bullshit though, right? I remember because like other people have run the same experiment and they've been totally fine. With like even even as shitty as McDonald's food can be and unhealthy it could be, but we'll move on from there. Just felt awful. Hot Mickey, yeah. we'll uh, we'll look it up. We we got a lot of topics to get to today. I think it's actually a pretty hot week in terms of news. Um, I guess should we just jump into the Hogwarts stuff right away? 
Break it down for us, big dog. Uh, okay, so as of this week, uh, by the time people are listening to this, Hogwarts Legacy will be out. Uh, the initial reviews are out. I'm seeing a mix of things. I don't know if you guys are seeing things on like Instagram or just Twitter, your feeds in general, but there's just so much divisive discourse on Hogwarts Legacy. Like It seems like everybody has an opinion on the game in one way or another, even people who aren't really particularly single-player gamer Gamers, uh, even people that aren't gamers at all, um, people that um, are comparing the game, calling the game like Destiny clone. I saw a TikTok that was saying that there's only 26 spells in the game um, compared to like Elden Ring, which has like 100 plus spells in the game. Um, so knocking the game for pretty much anything. I saw a TikTok actually right before we started recording of how the rolling in the game is biting off of Elden Ring or Dark Souls. <laughs> and I was, I was like, okay, so we're going a little bit too far. That means no game, like games can have rolling. No, like in no, it yeah, no, yeah, no <laughs> game is going to be ever completely unique. Like you're yeah, going I don't, to steal so, so, from so all, games. So I'm seeing a mix of people like shitting on it, joking about shitting on it, everything. And IGN has given this game a nine, which is a great score. Um, and you know, I think obviously the main thing about this game is just the problematic, you know, sort of persona of J.K. Rowling over the last several years. And um, just what has been, I guess, can only really be called like a call to cancel everything J.K. Rowling has ever put her hands on, which, of course, is, you know, this new Harry Potter property. Um, yeah, and real, real quick, actually, just to highlight some of the other scores on Metacritic, it has a 82, 86, and then an 89 on the PS, or excuse me, the PC, PS5 and the Xbox, respectively. Um, Games Radar, three and a half, IGN, nine out of ten, NME, three out of five. Good scores. Pretty much um, nothing so lower than three out of five. There were a couple three out of fives from The Guardian and NME. I'm not familiar with NME. And PC Games gave it a seven out of ten. Push Square, I'm not familiar with them, gave it a eight out of ten stars. And Video Game Chronicle gave it a four out of five stars. Yeah, so so good scores all around. I think some viewers, Generally favorable. Some, some podcast listeners are probably playing the game. Um, maybe you're excited to play it, like, literally the morning that you're actually listening to this episode because we're recording on February 6th. Um, but it's it's just a really interesting kind of place that we're at. I definitely want to know your guys' opinions on this whole thing. I do have IGN's review, a quote from the IGN review of the game, which I found interesting that they actually even threw this in. Um, basically, you know, halfway down through IGN's review of Hogwarts Legacy, there's actually just a giant block of text that says concerning J.K. Rowling. It says, the elephant in the room with Hogwarts Legacy is Harry Potter's creator, creator, J.K. Rowling, whose comments about transgender people in recent years have left a sour taste in the mouths of many current and former Potter fans, both at IGN and in the world at large. This has driven some to call for a boycott of the Wizarding World altogether, including Hogwarts Legacy, though Rowling has not been directly involved and for good reasons, for good reasons, not been directly involved in this game. And uh, there's no reason to believe that developers at Avalanche uh, share her views. Um, IGN has and always will continue to champion human rights causes and support, pe support people speaking with their wallets in whatever manner they choose. And they go on to say that it is their job as credits to answer if this game is fun and why it is fun, if it's, ethic if it's ethical to play is a separate and very important question that they will not be answering in this review. Then they go on to praise the game and give it a nine. Um, so... A little bit of an editorial comment in there um, just to make sure that they're kind of covering their bases with uh, the controversy going on here. But um, just wanted to get your guys' opinion on the thing. I know it's kind of a landmine of a topic, um, but 
you know, are are you guys? We're playing the game for the podcast uh, in March, so we're we're in on that. But how do you guys feel about sort of the upswell of people that are trying to take it down, despite J.K. Rowling not being completely involved? Well, I would like to say I find it pretty odd that, I mean, I get why they gave that disclaimer. Um, and let me start by saying, to be abundantly clear to everyone here, we support trans people here, and like we do not support J.K. Rowling's anti-trans comments. Any, any, was any of that? Should unclear? go without saying. Yes, that is. I'm about. Okay. Mickey, you want to disavow J.K. Yeah, Rowling's yeah. transphobic comments? <laughs> yeah, it, she's. I, we disavow. Whack. Yeah, we disavow. Super whack. Cool. Glad we're on the same page on that. I find it very odd. So IGN post a posted a um what, what's the word? Uh like a preview of Hogwarts Legacy. And then the whole like last minute of the video was just them being like kind of like, mm, but should we really be playing this game? Why doesn't this feel good? Like all the background around it. So it's kind of odd to me that they say, like, hey, we're not here to talk about this now in the actual interview. Uh, actual review. And as well, actual review, excuse me. And I'm confident that somewhere on their website, there's like, you know, affiliate codes if they probably buy it through their link or whatever. So <laughs> I don't know. I just feel I You're feel calling out IGN themselves. Mainly for the preview video because they kind of like, it, it's just odds to me that they take, they do their best to take a neutral stance in this. Like, no, we're just looking at the game. And then their preview of it was very. I mean, questioning the game, right? Which I thought was just odd. I don't know. More reason to show on IGN. But yeah, this is crazy. Um, you know, I, I was talking with you a little bit about this before, Lucas. I truly can't remember a time that there was this much controversy around a game that based off of like what it is, you would think would be beloved, right? Purely Harry Potter. So many people love Harry Potter. Um, and obviously because of J.K. Rowling's, you know, anti-trans comments a lot of people are against it which hey that makes sense too um i mean i'll say we're all gonna be playing the game you know um well mickey i don't know if you will be hot mickey but lucas and i are gonna be reading it for the podcast um and i liked especially because jk rowling wasn't involved in this game at all you know that is kind of my um that's i guess like there's the justification there right that makes it a little bit better um because no matter what you do, I mean, J.K. Rowling's still going to be a billionaire. The um, thing, so it's not like, yeah. yeah, it's not like not supporting this game is going to like take away from her income. She's going to make, she's making millions every year in royalties. When so the Sci-Fi Channel literally has Harry Potter on every time I visit my parents, like, nonstop. <laughs> well, like that a, movie. That's is, a Sci-Fi Channel problem. Yeah, but that's that's like my point. Like. This isn't going to have a, a big impact on her. And I genuinely believe that the game, the game devs have made it abundantly clear that like she's not involved in this game. Like we're, we're just using the IP. And from what I can tell from the clip, I haven't played it yet, obviously, but from the clips I've seen, it does seem like they did make an effort to make the world as relatively diverse as they could. And as well, there's a trans character included in the game, which, you know, I think a lot of people, people are just going to say that people are upset about gonna, are going to say like virtue signaling, right? But also, they'd be upset if they're probably upset if there wasn't trans representation, right? So I'm not sure. Like, it's a tough spot, and you know, I think at the end of the day, my mindset is like, look, there's some developers that worked really hard on this game. Like, let's support them so they get good bonuses or whatever, right? And like, I mean, shit. 
maybe I'm like reaching here, but you know, everyone's typing away on their iPhones they got from a Foxconn factory in like China, right? You know, like, <laughs> like, how, if, how, if, how, how many of these people are also eating Chick Fil A too? Like, I was gonna yeah, say Chick Fil A. Like, I was gonna talk about Chick Fil A first. Yeah, Chick Fil A is a big one. Yeah, <laughs> and I think our points with that is, and it, boys, if I'm reaching here at any point, tell me. But like, not to say there aren't ethical brands. There are ethical people out there that create ethical products and ethical brands, but largely. If we purely, you know, didn't use products that have questionable ethics or ethics we disagree with or thoughts we disagree with, right? There's a lot of things we wouldn't use in our daily lives, probably, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm not trying to say like the solution is to just ignore it, but, you know, if you're a true fan of Harry Potter, you know, I think you can play this game and enjoy it and also agree that J.K. Rowling's a piece of shit. I think those can yeah. exist together. They, Hot Mickey, go for it. I know you got something so to say. So I, I am like, with my background with Nintendo, I'm already familiar with this area, this discussion of like, oh, boycotts a show, like we're not going to support these people, blah, 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 blah. Because like, I think Nintendo is also a very shitty company. Boycotting does not do shit. These <laughs> people already have more money that you, than you can count than you will ever see in your lifetime times 10. The only people that will get hurt is the developers. Yes, the people yeah. who actually like put their heart and soul into this game, they'll get hurt if you do like a big boycott. Like they'll get left like they might not have jobs after if this game were to sound to like plummet uh due to the backlash, which from what I can see, like this game just looks very meh. Like it doesn't look anything groundbreaking it's a nine, or Mickey. anything like that. It's a nine. I, I'm only just basing off the clips. Like I, I have <laughs> no, I'm just I, I gonna watch more. I'm I'm saying like it it, it doesn't do anything groundbreaking right now like i but, but i think boycotting like we just taking to like that that general sentiment right here is that it doesn't really do anything here and uh i also think that even though jk rowling did create this and it's like just because like she did all these shitty things doesn't make like this other thing this beloved ip that people love, it's brought so many people together. Like, it doesn't ruin that. It shouldn't ruin that. I agree. Like, people still like bond over Harry Potter all the time. I, I was home last week visiting my family, a week and a half ago, two weeks, whatever. And it was just me and my dad hanging out, you know, having a drink, watching whatever on TV, talking. We turned on HBO. You know what we bonded over? We watched the Harry Potter special. <laughs> for like their 20 year anniversary nice. right? me and my uh, me and my dad it was great nice yeah. it brings people together yeah i'm i'm sort of i mean i'm aligned with you guys um on this one i think that there's like a really big um like i think there's a lot of anger in the trans community towards jk rowling and it's being misdirected at something that you know isn't is in the universe that she created which is this video game and, um, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, boycotting this video game, you know, there is JK Rowling's getting a cut of whatever this is. She's, she's in part owner or full owner, or whatever of the Harry Potter IP. I mean, there's no way that she's not getting a percentage of some royalties for this game. Um, it's expanding the Harry Potter universe in a lot of ways. Um, it's going to lead to more things. It's going to, it's going to make her more rich if you buy this game. That's just a guarantee. Um, but that being said, you know, it's. 
is is making someone like more rich the battle that you're trying to fight like making someone like it it to me it's a very like it's a big trade off of you're trying to not buy this game so that JK Rowling who you dislike as a public figure is like not going to have as big of a year next year but what you're doing by doing that is also like destroying potentially the livelihood of all the people that worked on this game and put a lot of effort into it you know who probably like are also marginalized people, people that struggle, people that deserve empathy, people that like, you know, are part of the LGBTQ LGBTQ like community as well. I mean, just to paint like a broad statement and say like JK Rowling bad, therefore like everybody on this game that worked on it deserves to not have it get sold is a really is a really tough thing for me. Um, so anyway, like I said, we're playing the game. It's a heavy topic, it's a big minefield, but all of our listeners out there, um, you know, make the decision if you want to buy the game or not. We wouldn't stop you from boycotting it or not buying it, but we are going to be playing yeah. it. And Let us know what you excited. think, yeah. and um, we'd love to hear from you. You can actually join our Discord, which you can find at any of our social media handles at, um, at TFP Podcasts. That's at TFP Podcasts with an S at the end as well. You can also find a link to our Discord on our website, thanks for playing live. And of course, as well, can you go ahead and shoot us the email? Thanks for playing pod at gmail.com. I will personally send you, you know, if anyone e- emails us with the, with the subject title line, discord invite, I'll <laughs> send you a personal discord link with a selfie attached to the email as well. Saying thank you or a video saying thank you. I'll do that. I'll do Dang, that. Dang, a free selfie from the legend himself. It'll be a free video, a free video <laughs> saying thank you for joining the discord. All right. Um, so that's what you get if you <laughs> choose that avenue. So I hope I get some emails. All right. Let's move on to a positive little news story here. Matt, wh- what you got? Well, it depends on who you're asking if it's positive or not also. So it's for some reason controversial. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we talked about this. Uh, I apologize. We I think we touched on this lightly in last week's episode. And admittedly, I forgot. Um, but we're going to go into it a bit more here today. So uh, Mr. Beast cured 1,000 people's blindness. So for those that may have missed it, Mr. Beast's uh, latest video was him paying for uh, cataract surgery, essentially, for 1,000 people to clear up their eyesight, basically make them um, able to see again. And for those that don't know, cataracts, I don't know the medical stuff behind it, but it's basically when your um, the, your the lens of your eye gets like clouded. I'm not sure what the cause of that is, but... Um, it can happen when you're younger, as I understand, and older, kind of just like luck of the draw to an extent. And cataracts actually are about 50% of the cases of blindness. Um, so Mr. Beast did this video. He paid for thousands of people's surgeries. You would think that's great, right? But kind of like the big takeaway from this, what a lot of people got was like, this is so awful that like he monetized people not being able to kind of afford surgeries and having to pay for it and things like that, um, which that's part of it. And I, I think like what a lot of the anger came from too was just the fact that people are upset that what is essentially, and that they even say this in the video, what is essentially a 10 minute surgery that could, you know, cure blindness for so many people is hidden behind a paywall essentially of the, you know, for, and obviously, you know, I think a lot of our listeners are based in the U S and for those of you that are not, I think it's no secret, probably abroad as well, that the U S healthcare system is not great. (laughs) Um, really shitty. You mean 
really shitty. Yeah. So that's one way to put it. I agree that that is shitty that it is hidden behind a paywall. Like I'm never going to argue that and people should have access to healthcare and especially just being able to see if that's something that can be easily reversible. Like that's a human right, you know? Um, but I think it's a little unfair that so much of this frustration was poured around Mr. Beast because, you know, he, no matter what you think of Mr. Beast, like, he is objectively a very philanthropic individual and has done a lot of good for a lot of people. And all the money, at least what he says and what we have reason to believe too, basically every money, all the money he makes from videos, like he pays his staff or whatever, obviously, but like it all just goes back into making the next video. That's how he does these crazy giveaways. That's how he paid for 10 million, excuse me, 10 million, a thousand people's a thousand surgeries. People surgeries. Um, that might have been $10 million probably. It was probably all out of pocket too. It's not like he can charge a lot of his insurance, right? It's all out of pocket costs. Um, so I think it's a little unfair that you're getting upset that, yeah, he's going to, he, this video will probably profit from, you know, YouTube AdSense or ad revenue or whatever it is. But I guarantee you he's probably going to use that money to do something good, you know? And I mean, shit, better than this than him hoarding it or like gambling a shit ton like some of these streamers do, right? Like, I don't know. I, I am. I have lots of thoughts around the content creators of today and kind of like what I think about where content is in general on YouTube. And I promise you all, Mr. Beast is not the problem. <laughs> let me let me ask you boys a question that's that's off this. I think I've had this discussion with you, Matt, on uh, <clears throat> drunk nights, just hanging out, getting deep talking a little bit. Do, do you guys think there is a such thing as a fully charitable act? Oh, we have talked about this a lot. Yeah. Um, this is very philosophical, honestly. Um, low key, this kind of fucked me up in college, like this thought. I was, <laughs> my sophomore year, I went through a weird period and like I was debatably like depressed just because like that, that might be kind of like that thought weighed on me hard. And like I started seeing everything through a very, very negative lens and kind of not having trouble like seeing anyone, even myself as like a good person because. And I, th I think, and Lucas, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the core of this argument kind of comes from, oh, you did that good thing because it made you feel kind of good doing it. You and donated. The, yeah, and the feeling of feeling good is a, is a self selfish motivation at the end of yeah. the day. And I think the best example that this has played out, right, is like when you see, especially at least in today, right, probably the most obvious example is when you see a streamer donate whatever right or like a public figure announce on twitter i'm donating to whatever right and i don't I, you know honestly i don't know the answer on this one it's just like a fun kind of thought thought experiment i think kind of a, something to think through for yourself but kind of my where i land on this i think is the only truly charitable act is the quiet one that you don't publicly announce it's kind of where i stand okay for like example the person that donates um, whatever to whatever, um, you know, to fight global warming, whatever, or, you know, fight against whatever bad thing that does it quietly. That doesn't do it for attention. That's probably the charitable act. It's kind of where I land. Now it's not to say like, you shouldn't, you know, still give to charity. If you feel like you have to like announce it, that's fine. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. And I, I'm not even like totally slow to my answer. That's just kind of like where I've my mind has has gone but it's it's fascinating it really gets into like what is the essence of like human thought kind of i guess and you know like 
what do we define as good? And then maybe that's even where we actually start. Maybe we should just back up right there. Or like, what is, um, what is charity, right? What is charitable? Mm-hmm. Mickey, <laughs> what are your, what are your thoughts? There's, there's is, so many things to define with that, but yeah, hot Mickey, what do you think? The way I see it, cause the way I see it is that in this world, I think what we're all pretty much meant to do is just try to bring each other up. Like I help you, you help me. Like, I scratch my back, you scratch your, or no, you yeah. scratch my back, I scratch your back. <laughs> yeah, sort of. And like, if someone does a terrible act, even if it is just for that good feeling of helping somebody out, who cares? Like, it was a net positive. Nobody got hurt. Everybody benefited from it. Like, I, I don't understand why we have to delve into the motivations of each individual charitable act when, like, something good came out of it. Just appreciate it. Like, be happy. Be nice things can happen to people let's go with that like there doesn't have to be some nefarious motive and if this nefarious motive is like hey someone gets a little more money hey someone that gets a little better reputation someone gets to feel good inside so what it's just such a a small thing yeah a thousand (laughs) people still got their eyesight restored um yeah it's a massive benefit i'm i'm with you guys there i mean to uh, to, I guess to answer my own question, I, I, there's probably not any such thing as a truly charitable act. Um, even the even like people that um, <laughs> there's a curb your enthusiasm episode about this. If you're defining charity a, as doing something for no benefit to your own, I think that's like an important distinction here. Right, but like because the benefit would be you feeling you are, good. Yeah, if the benefit is you, or like I, like I was saying, there's like a curb your enthusiasm episode about this exact scenario where a friend donates anonymously to a museum and then tells people that he's anonymous. He's like, oh yeah, I donated that anonymously. And Larry David's like, why did you tell me that? Like that defeats the whole purpose. He's like, you're trying to take credit for something that you're supposed to not be wanting to take credit for. And like, there is a degree like of, you know, rich people, anonymous donators who like might try to take credit amongst their own circle of people to like, you know, I, there's, there's these, there's charitable acts that are not truly like, even for the anonymous ones, there's a level of like non-anonymity because you know that you donated, right? And like people close to you might know that, close circle might know that. So it's really hard to kind of go down the rabbit hole of like figuring out what a truly charitable act is. There might not even be a truly charitable act. But for something like this, it's just, I think it's really unfair to like put Mr. Beast on blast for doing good in the world. Um, Like, I don't think there's any level of like abuse that anyone feels by any of this. Like, I don't think any of the thousand people that got their eyesight restored for, you know, it was probably disclosed to them that there would be in a video. Like it was probably disclosed to them. All this would happen. I mean, it's no different. Like you do like giveaways, like home extreme maker, home extreme makeover, home improvement, like home edition was doing this like 25 years ago and no one gave a shit. Like it was on TV. You exploited a family's like vulnerability and gave them a house, but like you created television content off of it. You know what I mean? Like all these reality TV shows were like someone you took advantage of somebody's emotions in order to like get them to cry on camera by giving them something like that's what we've been doing as a culture for so long. Now it's just on YouTube and like some guy is like, now we can shit on a guy on the internet. That's, that's kind of what, what's happened here. I think another example is Honda's random act of kindness commercial thing that they go like, Oh, I'll pay off your student loans. Oh, I'll fit. Uh, I'll help you finish homework i don't know they they did a bunch of there's a big for like a decade they just did a bunch of yeah their whole branding was just doing a random act of helpfulness i remember that there was a there was a t-mobile 
campaign that they ran during the World Series in, I believe, 2018. And for every home run hit, they were going to donate $250,000 to some charity. And it cost more money to run the ad than the $250,000 they were supposed to donate for each home run. Because it was an ad during the World Series. So, like, companies do that. Like, this has been getting done. Like, charity disguised as content. Um, But this is... I'm way more supportive of what Mr. Beast did than what T-Mobile did. You know, it's like... This is just nothing new. Um, and, you know, to just bring it back to that philosophical core of like what's charitable, what's not, this is something that we can't really figure out, to be honest. I don't think that has, I don't, I mean, I don't think there is a charitable act, but that's just me. I think the last thing I do want to point out, which like Matt pointed out at the beginning, is with uh, like for this situation specifically with like carrying the blindness, I don't, I don't understand why this isn't just like, available for free from the government because oh, uh, the way I see no there's no the way, way that's I happening baby <laughs> no no the way I see it because they're like they're not very useful blind <laughs> how could you contribute to society it's well, very Mickey, now you're gonna get now you're gonna get canceled blind. for looking at people as an asset but that's what the government I, that's I, how I, the I, government I, does I'm, see I'm doing it, I'm doing it from f- viewing from the government lens yeah no, is I that, understand is that they just saying watch yourself they they want people to be like contribute to society more productive more productive and the investment to cure these people's blindness so they can contribute to society later will pay off on its own not to say people can't contribute when they're blind let's make that clear yeah no i'm just saying it makes it a lot like way more difficult you can't do it it's just more difficult this is a i'm i'm thank you mickey colorful opinion (laughs) i love it It's not even a colorful opinion. I I understand Mickey's point here. I know what you're trying to say. It's just like, it's in the government's best interest to like generate a healthy workforce is kind of what you're saying. Um, Yeah. But like Matt said, yeah, there's, there's nothing stopping someone from being productive and healthy. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, this is a minefield of an episode for sure, guys. I know. We're walking on glass. Let's move on to a less controversial topic. Mickey, what you got? I see Yu-Gi-Oh! ban list here on your topic. Or yes. Right? Games got hacked? Let's go Yu-Gi-Oh! first. So last time I talked about Yu-Gi-Oh! was that big tournament where a specific deck was pretty much rampant throughout like the top 64. It was specifically Tier Limits, Ishizu. Uh, it was that archetype specifically because Ishizu got uh, more uh, support and it just became super broken. Everybody used it. Like all of like 64 decks, only like three didn't run it. Uh, today, uh, February 6th, Konami released a new ban list, which I have never seen an archetype get hit as hard Put the ban hammer down. Single ban list. Put the biggest ban hammer I've ever seen an archetype (laughs) get. Like all the Ishizu cards, there were four main monsters. You used to be able to run three of each. Now you can only run one of one of each. Uh, Tier Limits Mm. main fusion monster now banned. It's just gone. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think I think a total of nine cards were either banned or limited when they were completely fine. Like. Uh, unlimited before, which is three. Is three is the piece. deck un, is the deck even playable anymore? It it it's looking like it's unplayable. Dang. It's like compl- it's going to be completely gone. Isn't that yeah. crazy? How they can just decide? Yeah, this is banned now. Yeah, how many yeah, people just lost of, money? We kind of fucked up. Like so many people probably just lost so much money. Like it's like the Dude. stock tanked on all these so, cards. So 
so that fusion card. So uh, you got the data. Kon- K- Konami has uh, different rarities. So in Ultra Yu-Gi-Oh, it was like rare, super rare, ultra rare, secret rare. Konami in recent years released a new rarity, uh, past secret rare. It's called. Uh, I, I forget what it's called. <laughs> There's a rarity past what? secret rare. That that's what this fusion monster was, and wow. it it's found in one in six hundred packs. Ultimate and rare. People would run through. No, 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 no. Ultimate Rare is before Secret Rare. There's Ultimate Rare, Secret Rare, and then there's one after Secret. No, no, no. It says Secret 2. Okay. It says Secret 2. But uh, it's found in one in 600 packs. And that was the Fusion Monster, in which you'd be able to run three of. So people invest a lot of money to get three of. So it's a super rare card to find, and they needed three of them. No, Mickey, it's a secret rare card to find. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, it's uh, it's always crazy when stuff like this happens because you see it in Magic the Gathering as well. Like, um, you know, how much how much was that card um, like before it got banned, like right up until today? It probably, it's probably basically oh, I, worthless I now. Price. Yeah, I remember there yeah. was a card back in the day um, called uh, Primeval Titan in Magic the Gathering. It was like a $30 single card and it got banned and it instantly went down to 50 cents, like basically overnight. So people yeah, like stocked up on it. This card was definitely over 100 Damn, it's it's probably completely worthless now. I can almost guarantee. Because if it does, if the deck can't be run, then the, the card doesn't belong in the deck. Yeah, and the card l- won't let be me flat. look it up. Dang, dude, some poor schmuck who bought so <laughs> many of those to resell for the season is completely screwed. He is he is tits up, Matt. Is that the phrase? Want to go with he here? Is tits up. The card went tits up. That's what it is. Card went tits up. Yeah. yeah. Dang, dang. All right, Mickey, while you look that up, uh, we're going to jump over to a couple more things here. Um, I'm very excited, guys. I have been slowly working through. It looks like it's $2 now. Oh, my God. Yeah. What was it before, did you say? It it was over 100 bucks. Wow. Dang, dude. So sad. For that guy, for the guy that bought him, whoever you you are. Um, So I'm very excited, guys. Um, I have been working through my Oscars nominations best picture list. This year, Ooh. since the Oscars have uh, dropped the nominees this year. So a uh, little bit of context, um, you know, as a lot of the audience knows, I'm big movie guy, studied films in college, um, been watching good movies my whole life. And, uh, you know, I used to really care about the Oscars when I was in high school. We used to, my family used to watch the Oscars pretty much every year together. Um, you know, used to go through and watch all the Oscar noms every year. And, you know, I think as we all know, the last three years with the pandemic and all um, movies just movies weren't hitting that good you know I think Mm -hmm. we just had a bad run of movie theaters were just straight up closed and then people were saying nobody's want to go back to the movies anymore it's done movies are changing let's just watch stuff at home and then uh, Top Gun Maverick comes out Avatar The Way of Water comes out everything everywhere all at once comes out all in the same year and I gotta say it's been a pretty solid run of movies in the last year so, Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. Mickey, fucking love Top Gun so Maverick. It's so good. It's so stupid it so good. good. Matt, you've seen it, right? I I went and saw that one by myself, and I felt like after, by the time I left, I was just friends with everyone in my theater. Dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, you just walked out. You everyone, just like, yeah. The whole right. movie is like everyone high-fiving each other, clapping. Like, there's just never been a more like American film. I don't, <laughs> Except for American Sniper, that one. That's for goddamn sure. American. 
Yeah. I remember, yeah. When, yeah. remember when I saw American Sniper, it was just like old conservatives, like 80 plus in the theater, just like getting so excited <laughs> about those, killing those Middle Eastern people. Um, yeah. American Sniper. Not, not that great. But um, there are some awesome movies on the nomination list here. I think I've talked about it lightly just in random episodes, but um, I've seen a little bit more than half of them. Um, and I watched uh, Banshees of Inishirin this weekend, which is phenomenal. Have you guys seen this film? I'm seeing that spelling now, and I finally understand. Mike was just trying to tell me this weekend. I'm like, the Banshees of Ed Sheeran? <laughs> was so Banshees of Inishirin. He had to tell me like three times. And honestly, I... I only now really understand what he was trying to say. If you don't understand what I'm saying, just say yeah, and we can move on. Just like Inishirin, <laughs> spelled I N I S H E R I N. Yes. Yeah. I was yes. very perplexed yesterday. Uh, Katie and I, <laughs> Katie and I watched it over the weekend, and I was blown away. It still has not overtaken everything, everywhere, all at once for me for this year's nominees. But um, I think it's like a very close third so far. My rank, my PR is everything, everywhere, all at once. We got Triangle Sadness, and we got Banshees of Inner Sharon right below that. But I'm still working through the list. Honestly, Fablemans is on here, Matt. I know you like that movie. <laughs> that movie was sick. It's and- actually crazy to me that every, everything, everywhere, all at once was this was this past year. It felt it felt like it was longer to me. It's because it was an early 2022 movie. It was like April or April, like the first yeah. half of the year, yeah, of 2022. So a lot of people kind of forgot about it. Everything else was like a second half of the year movie for sure. I'm kind of blown away. Elvis is on it. I didn't see. You saw Elvis. I did. I didn't. I you really didn't like liked it. the main guy's performance, but the movie itself, I didn't care for. Austin Butler. Austin yeah. Butler. That's his yeah, name. Yeah. yeah. I thought he. I thought he did very well. Yeah. That's that's kind of the the narrative for a lot of what a lot of people have said. And you've seen All Quiet on the Western Front, right, Matt? I have. That was, that was good. Yeah. That's my uh, next one. I gotta. I gotta catch. That's on Netflix. So I gotta catch that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's um. That was a good one. That's one that would have been... I saw it on Netflix too, but I wish I saw it on the big screen. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Very me similar too. like cinematic energy to say... What was... um, Not Dunkirk. Uh, 1917. Right. I didn't see that one. Either. Man, you're a big Who war movie one? guy, Matt. I am. I'm just noticing that right now. <laughs> what do you think about that? You want to talk about it? Um... <laughs> No, not really. We could we could talk about we could talk about war movies a little bit later, maybe on a whole other episode. But I I feel that you get excited with them. I just think it's interesting. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front I loved because it actually showed the horrors of war, which not, not a lot of movies do because war is not good. Right, right. There is you know interestingly we can move on, but one last point to make on that, which I find um, problematic, is. There's like an argument that people make that there's really no such thing as an an anti-war war movie because like there's been movies that have been made in the past where like I forget which American movie it was but there's an American war movie that came out around World War II that was an anti-war movie and people saw it and they enlisted like after watching it because they like just totally gleaned the wrong message from it because like the movie movies have to be exciting like movies have to have drama movies have to have like characters overcoming and stuff like that i haven't seen all quiet on the western front i'm sure it does show the horrors of war but there is some i would be shocked if anyone would you i, mean, really I guess be? it depends what your end goal is it is have you not like are you not have you not seen the old one or like any of it no it is pretty horrible do you think that there are it people is. that would misinterpret the horribleness with like wanting to join I mean, at that point, it's kind of like I have to question like the IQ, to be honest, of that person. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly my like. It's exactly the point. Yeah, but I mean, no. I mean, that's point is that's a good movie. 
But I think out of everything on this list, um, I think everything everywhere all at once deserves it. Yeah. Personally. I think it's winning personally, but um, so I got to work through the list. I'll give an Oscars update through the next few episodes as I make it hey, all quick the way question to for you, Lucas. What's up? I noticed that um, Stephanie Hsu, is that how you say her last name? Yes. The uh, supporting actress for everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. She's listed as supporting. Then Michelle Yeoh is interested and listed as leading leading. I kind of would have assumed that she'd be considered a lead too. Is it like a de facto thing that a movie can only have one lead? Yeah, so not strictly, right? You could have two leads in a movie, but when you want to submit your submission to the Oscars for nomination, then you, you have, have to, to like, submit one person as the leading and then like you can submit multiple supporting basically. Gotcha. So like sense. there is there there's just a degree of like, you know, there's human beings behind this like kind of like there's arguments to be made that some people were submitted for supporting when they should have been submitted for leading um, for nominations. And sometimes people lose uh, out on Academy Awards for things like that. So it happens. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like uh, it's not in your good interest to put if say it's arguable, which one is the lead to put them both as lead. You're just splitting your votes like because your fandom's like your, your fandom who liked your movie would usually just all pile in on the single vote. Mm-hmm. But if you're split, now your votes get split, and now neither of your votes would probably win the award if both leads are in. So it's probably right. in the interest of the movie to not do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'm one, the example I can give, like right off the bat, looking at it, is actor in a supporting role is one of the main characters from Banshees of Inisherin, and this actor is essentially a co-lead with Colin Farrell, but you wouldn't submit both of those guys. One. You wouldn't submit both those guys as the leading role. So one of them has to take the supporting and it's kind of the guy with, it's kind of the guy with less lines. I mean, they're both like the movie, the movie is both of those people. It's about like two people kind of equally, but one guy is just kind of can be considered more so the lead. So you, so you submit him for that. So it's a little interesting. There's like a little bit of politicking there. Um, and there's definitely like a way you have to play it as, um, as producers and as studios to try and get the most out of your nominations. So, there's all that. The more you know. Yeah, more you know. All right. Um, Matt, you want to jump in the next one? Oh, I would love to. So let's see. Um, so this is kind of going off what we were talking about last time with, I think, Ubisoft saying like, hey, all these games we were working on, but they're not real. <laughs> like <laughs> kind of just announcing that they were canceling all their unannounced games. Um, EA did a similar thing pretty recently, uh, basically announcing that they were working on what it was essentially like a Titanfall three slash an Apex Legends single player game, kind of like a those for those that aren't aware, Titanfall, Titanfall two, those games take place in a shared universe, the same universe as Apex Legends. So they were working on, as I understand it, wasn't necessarily a Titanfall sequ- um, I guess sequel to Titanfall 2 wasn't necessarily a third installment, but it was a taking place in that universe as a single player game for Apex Legends. It got canceled. Um, and I don't know. I'm not going to lie. Like, I kind of wish I just didn't even know they were working on it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's always so weird. When they, do. I, they have to do that for, it must be for like, you know, investors and stuff, right? Yeah, because... I mean, yeah, EA is a... I'm not making... Yeah, it, it is EA, right? I'm not being dumb here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, EA is a public company, so I get that. But 
Yeah, it's a bummer because I, I like both those games a lot. Personally, I play a lot of Apex um, and I play a lot. Uh, I, I really enjoyed Titanfall 2 when we played it. So it's uh, yeah, a bummer. Um, and uh, to backtrack a little bit, I to be clear, Respawn Entertainment is the developers here. Technically not EA, but as I understand it, EA owns Respawn Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they did they did like Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor. Um, and then yeah, Apex Legends, of course, and all the other Titanfalls. Yeah, these uh, game dev pipelines are all messed up, man. I think um, we're really feeling the ripple effect from from the pandemic and everything, even now, because it's like we got two major publishers um, that are basically canceling games that they never announced, which is probably a really bad sign of like screwed up pipeline yeah. somewhere on the back end. Um, you know, we talked about it a few weeks ago with Ubisoft and everything, and um it's just like it's it's crazy to cancel something i mean like they could have at least waited a few months and probably announced something that was a several years out but to outright cancel something just feels like it it means everything is a literal sunk cost like they'll probably they're probably just now planning on taking whatever assets were built for that game applying it to another game or dlc or something like that we've seen examples of that in the industry but just for something to be outright canceled, I mean, they just, it's, they're flat out just saying, like, hey, we're eating a loss right now. We took a lot of, we, we're we not going to make this money back. So, um, as I understand, it had been in development for a hot minute as well. I don't have the exact um, amount today or amount right now, but yeah, I mean, it was in dev for a good minute. And yeah, I mean, it's just kind of sucks. Was, that's probably responding, or excuse me, resulting as well in a lot of devs just losing their jobs. And, because I doubt they'll be able to repurpose all of them, so that really sucks. Yeah. All right. Hot Mickey, what you got? Uh, we're going to go down to Riot Games, where about two weeks ago, Riot was hacked and had their source code stolen. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. What uh, Give us the deets. So they lost... Uh, it's not like they lost it. Like It just got copied, so like other hackers... Uh, just got access to uh the source code had like a bunch of like mainly like their tft assets and then also just like a bunch of super experimental stuff that like oh probably wouldn't have seen the light of day but they got access to that stuff as well and they ended up uh ransoming to check ransoming riot to try to have them pay the hackers and riot didn't back down and just said no we're not gonna because if we do this that just gives you more power to do this with other companies Mm. uh wow the old content ransom that's good that they've that's good that they um back down from that one that would actually that's happened several years ago i don't know if you guys remember when that happened to netflix this 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 happened with the gta 6 yeah. With the footage, this yeah. same exact yeah. thing. That was a bad one. That was a really bad that one. Except really I don't, I, I don't know if it was public that there was any sort of ransom that was held. It felt. I think that one just got straight up leaked. Well, I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was, I was want to talk about the hack. Right, I want right, to talk right. about the hack. But. but the so this was with the intention to ransom back to yes, riot. Yeah, that, I, this happened to Netflix like several years ago, back like in must have been 2015 or 2016 when like the new season of Orange Is the New Black got like stolen by hackers, and they said we're going to leak the whole season unless you give us like millions or whatever and netflix did not pay them they just went public with it so this is such a such a unique like problem or like 
you know, really horrible like thing that can happen to like in the, in this day and age. Um, and like, it seems like the only play is really to just like not pay it. Um, cause you know, it doesn't, it sounds like nothing has really happened besides like the publicity of it happening. Right. Has there been any actual damage? As far as I know, no, there was a little hiccup today from Riot Games where uh, their previous patch was reverted just like randomly in the middle of the day. Oh. And oh. people were like, what the hell just happened? For for which game? For, League, uh, League, League of Legends. Uh, and I was like, wait, does this have to do with the hacking? And then it was just a bug that just happened oh, uh, okay. according to Riot. So it's like, uh, and then they reverted it. They just disabled the ranked until they were able to get the newest patch back online. Wow. Dang. Racket and hacked. Okay. That was two weeks ago, Mickey? That was two weeks ago when that incident occurred. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully they're doing, they're doing better now. Um, all right. Uh, who is it? Me? It's me, right? It's me. Um, mm-hmm. I got two for you guys. They're, they're going to be pretty quick here. But okay. Mario Kart 8. Have you guys tried the new courses they've been out for a little while i know that they've been out for several months but i've played like play hardly it? any mario kart to be honest i do not play mario kart in my <sighs> own time i don't even touch my switch in my own time wow you should probably start mickey because mario kart 8 <laughs> dlc is super awesome the last time we played mario kart as a group i just remember ricky winning like way more than he should have been winning and getting a little <laughs> angry I thought Neil was winning everything. Nah, it was it was Ricky. I think we all just decided that being good at Mario Kart was stupid, and like uh, that was our de- <laughs> that was our deflection, um, which is what everybody always has to end up saying when like someone just keeps winning at Mario Kart nonstop. But I was playing, uh, had some buddies in town this weekend, and um, we played a ton of Mario Kart with the new courses, and um, it was awesome. You forget how like just great just drinking and playing Mario Kart is, and uh, that was my whole weekend. And this is really cool. They're actually releasing like. They released five new cups and they're going to release for $25. And then you're going to get five more cups through this next year for free as well. So it's basically, there's only 10 cups in Mario Kart like regularly. So that means they released, they doubled the size of the game with all these tracks for $25. Which is incredible, it's really. That yeah, is it's insane. like yeah. Nintendo doing DLC right, um, you know, with with Mario Kart, and plus they've added since the game has been out, they've added 200 CC, they've added Mirror Mode, so there's basically like a hundred tracks in the game now. Um, so very, very fun, very cool. I uh, just wanted to point that out. And I also uh, uh, want to interject. Uh, I thought the SNL trailer with the Dude. Mario Kart movie was hilarious. I so wish that was an actual movie. That would have been amazing. I, I would watch that day that one. Was, that was so good. You want to run? You want to just. I think people saw it, but you want to run through the premise here of what yeah. Saturday Night so, Live did? So, yeah, so Saturday Night Live, uh, they put Mario, the Mario universe into a post-apocalyptic world where Bowser has won and uh Mario is just like a drunk uh washed up person and they're asking for his help again uh to take Peach uh to the castle I think I don't know but like they're doing it on carts and you see all the items and stuff like they put they like bring up a bunch of aspects of the actual game itself but it's just just su- super like uh, super dead serious gritty, gritty dead serious. yeah it's super it's, funny it's hilarious yeah it would they're, be a they're great just, movie they're playing off the Pe- pedro pascal like you know last of us like super post-apocalyptic popularity right now with hbo and it's like hbo presents 
the next great video game adaption, Mario Kart. And it was just like Pedro Pascal going, it's a me. <laughs> it's just i it's lost pretty it. fucking funny yeah and then there was like one they were like Yahoo. driving and like i forget it was just like you can get away you can do it and he says no it's a red shell red shell and then <laughs> yeah. like, accepts his death and i was like oh that's good dude that is so good and then the red shell hits just a big explosion yeah. it's hilarious that was good yeah I, I appreciate them for that um my last thing here and then um I got I got a thing and a half if you guys will allow me. Uh, Go for by it. By the time this airs, the new Magic: The Gathering set will drop, which is called uh, Phyrexia. All will be one. It's a huge, huge twist in the story where, where basically the main villain like enemies, which are like zombified robots, have actually like basically killed all the main characters and turned them into robots. So like everyone just became like crazy androids in this set. And I'm very excited because our favorite characters are essentially dead now. And they're going to have to come up with some new characters and find some new storylines. Um, oh, yeah. Pretty cool. It was like a big climax um, over the last couple years. Like what basically what Riot was doing was throughout the last several sets, they've had a piece of the cadre. Like there's a cadre of villains and they would drop one piece of that cadre in each set and they'd be like a super rare card. So it was like, oh, whoa, who's that guy? He's totally out of place. Turns out he was part of like this cadre of like supervillains. And then we went to that supervillain homeworld and then they were all there. And it was like just super kick-ass buildup. Very cool. Um, really, really proud of Wizards for this one. And the new set just looks awesome. And it drops on Arena tomorrow. So I'll be waking up early to, uh, to play with some of the new cards uh, digitally. And the last thing, my Steam Deck came back and it's fully fixed. So Woo! we're happy. Yeah, it's charging right now. And it's the big news. Uh, well, one thing I want, want a bit, guys, this past How long weekend, did that take total uh, real quick uh, to fix like a week to get it, send it in and then send it back. Yeah, it took a week. The repair uh, is, act- is stateside. It was actually in Utah, I believe. Oh, there. Yeah, that's where it was. But sorry, Mickey, go ahead. Uh, this past weekend, I took a big bear trip with a bunch of smashers, about 15 of us total. And we were playing a game called Medium where everyone has a hand of like five to seven cards, I forget how many, and turn player places a card, and the player to your left places another card. And you two got to think of a word that matches those two cards and try to say it at the same time. So I placed, a card, I placed a card called, it said card on it. Adrian to my left, blank C, some of you, <laughs> well, we've brought us up, he put the card wizard down. You see where I'm going with this? Card wizard. What, card and wizard. What word would you think of here? And on, on count of three, you're at one, two, three. I said magic. magic. Nice. He said Hearthstone. Oh my god, oh. dude. He said oh, Hearthstone. I was so I, tilted. I will say I would not have got that one. I mean, um, Mickey, I, I got you, dude. We both said magic. That was cool. Real quick, Mickey. I also see on your list you joined. I just have to bring this up because I'm concerned. You joined a League of Legends league? <laughs> yes, I, I did join uh, because I have a couple of Smash friends who are also really into League of Legends uh, and they're like amazing at it. And they do this league and they've been like recommending, like, ask me, hey, you should join. Like, you do really well here. And I just love competitive environments because I've like gone to Smash Bros. tournaments and I enjoy League of Legends. I just, 
usually hate the people I'm playing with, but in a competitive <laughs> environment, you like actually know your team. So like you can yeah. actually work out the stuff and work out the kinks of the bad play that's happening. And I've been enjoying that a ton. Uh, just had our first match uh, this past weekend. Oh, uh, cool. So the, it ranges from players from like, uh, Grandmaster, I, maybe even Challenger. I don't think, actually, don't think there are any Challenger players, but Grandmaster, Master players, all the way down to Platinum and some Gold players. And uh, there's a point system like, oh, Master all players are worth like. All those rings are in the same circuit? Yeah. Uh, like, Master players are worth like 25 points. And like, I'm a tier four player, which is like a Platinum player, a Platinum Gold player. I'm worth like 10 points. So, like, mm. each week you field players, try to be like at a certain point threshold uh wait that's pretty sick go- actually it, it's pre- it's really sick and my team uh our opponents uh had us beat in point value uh in my series alone my team was down 67 points there's a 67 point differential so my team was a big underdog between the three games mm-hmm. uh and we won two one Nice. And we made a nasty wow. upset. We we're down, and we made like comebacks in every single game. We should have won the first game, but our support got caught out. And we're like, "Damn it, oh. no!" Wait, you're not playing support. You're playing ADC. No, I'm playing mid. I'm I'm a mid player. Oh right, right. Your support okay. slash mid, but you're going mid for yeah. The, yeah for I'm, the I'm, for this league, you're playing mid. I'm mid or support. They can fill me in either position. Mid's my main role, though. So but, flexible. Uh, <laughs> second game. Second game. We we're down seven k gold. Made a comeback and won. Third game, I didn't play in this game. I got subbed out. Uh, we were down 10,000 gold at one point and made a comeback and won. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> and our team name is the Bandits. It was very fitting. We stole all of our games away. Wait, Mickey, how can we watch some of this? Uh, this stream, uh, not all of our matches will be streamed. Mine was streamed uh, on Sunday. Uh, I can blink a VOD in the Discord Please. so you guys can see the first two games of uh, me being a baller. Like, I've played pretty well, even though, like, I'm technically one of the worst players on the field. Who are you maining right now? Uh, I played Anivia in game one, and I played Lissandra in game two. Is Anivia good? Two, two, I, you, you just like the ice? Yeah, and, is that yeah, what it is? No, no, Anivia is like an S2 champion right now. Oh, uh, okay. Nice. Wow. All right. Well, should, last man, thing I, I for me. Again. I, it's, 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 it's fueling me again. I, I think I might have to Mickey, download. I just want to say right I support this. you as a friend, but I do not support League. So I support that, League, fair. Mickey. Keep doing it. <laughs> Please just link me some link me some VODs. Let me just inject that into my veins real uh, quick so I can feel I, it. I, I will link it over. Thank you. I actually need to right. watch the VODs One myself last. to... Matt, just one last ride, dude. Just one last ride. It's all, it's all, then I'm done. Then I'm off. I'm off the stuff right after. Bro, I've been here with Lucas before. <laughs> <laughs> You're, don't enable him. I shouldn't have brought it up. I shouldn't have brought it. This is my fault. I, no. I wasn't going to bring it up. I just put a bunch of topics. And I was genuinely curious. About. <laughs> yeah. I'm physically but, sweating right. right now, just by the way. I feel <laughs> I feel it happening. Like I just like, I, I, I'm just feeling the... I'm just remembering the gin like pentakill I got that one time, and I'm just chasing. I've been chasing that high ever since. L- L- Lucas, our gin Velkos bot lane. Oh, oh my Mickey, god! Stop, Ooh. stop, <laughs> dude. I got this new gaming water. Right. Ah, uh, no, okay, never mind. <laughs> None of it. I don't want to hear any of it. All right, last thing from me, anyways. Jesse Marsh, which for those that you don't know, he is an American soccer coach that's been co- coaching in the Premier League for Leeds United. Um, has brought over three American players. Many have likened him to 
Mickey, what are you laughing about? <laughs> Just Lucas and I were in sync with drinking our water. Yo, um, I, I did not um, see that. I was too busy drinking my water to see that. <laughs> anyway, Jesse Marsh has been likened to Ted Lasso. Um, and honestly, he kind of fits the demeanor a little bit. And he just got fired from Leeds United. What happened? Uh, Damn. Because they are, I think they have a game ahead. Or they're behind a game, meaning like other teams have played 18 games. They've played 17. But they're only just barely above the uh, regulation zone. Or relegation, excuse me. Which means that if they were to stay in that zone in the Premier League when the season ends, which is the bottom three of the table, that they'd go down to what is called the championship, which is the second tier of uh, English soccer, English football. Um, which getting relegated is a pretty big deal because it also can affect you know club financials pretty much, and a lot of players will typically leave the club because they want to play in the higher leagues, or the club simply can't afford them anymore uh, to pay their salaries. And basically, right now, Leeds is really flirting with that existence, and you know. Jesse was actually brought on January last year to basically try and save them from getting relegated. And he did. And now he got fired because they're too close to relegation. Um, and he gets fired right after bringing over another American player, Weston McKenney from Juventus in the Serie A, the Italian league. And it's just kind of funny um, that not funny, but just kind of like crazy that this whole, the whole Leeds United saga, I think saga is crazy. And, People have been calling them Leeds United States of America. Um, and the best part is their current temporary interim coach until they find a new one is another American. It is the assistant coach that Jesse Marsh hired literally a week ago. That is an American is now currently the head coach because Jesse got fired. Um, they will be finding another head coach. I'm sure he's just there the interim, but yeah, crazy stuff. Um, kind of, I'm, I, I like Jesse Marsh. I don't think he's probably the best coach, but I, and, I like his personality. I think he's probably a very good man manager, which there's there's value to that. So I'll be just curious to see how Leeds United do and see where uh, Jesse Marsh lands on his feet. There's a lot of call for him now to be the name, the new U.S. men's national team head coach because he is, you know, he's American. He has European experience. He um, has slight, lightly expressed interest at it, but... Frankly, I don't know if he's the right fit. He's gotten fired from his last two clubs, basically. So, I don't know. I'll be curious. Interesting saga. Man, our, but, um, our, our plan for revenge against the Brits from the War of 1812 is going in shambles. I know. Yeah, they I was going to say that, found dude. our insurgents. Is, yeah, 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 man. We're getting kicked our out Our master plan already. to take over a, a club from Leeds. Our CI. They're at. Gone. Yeah. Um, uh, last thing, Luke or Lucas, let's touch on um, Turkey. Yeah, yeah. So um, this this will be the last thing. I'll just kind of end on this. Um, you know, a little bit of a somber note here, but I do want to find some positivity as well. Um, so as many of you have heard over this weekend, um, there was a really deadly earthquake in Turkey. Um, as of this recording, um, the death toll is above 4,300, um, about 22 hours after magnitude, magnitude 7.8 earthquake struck um, very early Monday. Um, you know, it's been a really, really hard time for people. Um, I've seen people in my feed um, posting about it, um, including, um, you know, close people, Hyalet included. And, um, you know, I think that I just want to let people know that there are ways that you can help. Um, I'm going to pin a link in the Discord this week of, um, you know, just looking into it. You know, Doctors Without Borders is having a presence in Turkey um, and your donation will help fund 
Um, many people um, who are assisting as first responders in the area that is affected by the earthquake. Um, so we'll be pinning some, um, not, maybe not just one charity, but probably multiple places that we've just taken a look at and found to be um, legitimate good sources um, to put your dollar on. Um, I'm certainly going to be donating some money um, because, you know, it is, um, it's a tragedy, you know, and um, it's, uh, it's a hard thing. So just using the platform, using our voices here to at least put it out there. Um, that we're gonna help you guys can help too, and um, we we yeah. we should also put the link in the bios of our socials. So like if people yes. click our bios, they yeah. can find it. Easy. Good idea. Yeah, yeah. Add it in the link tree. Put Lucas. that in the link tree right away as well. Yeah, and the best part about donating is you can then engage in a conversation about whether or not you felt like that was a unselfish charitable act. <laughs> Donate, um, just so donate. There's no reason just not donate to. Because it's the right thing to do. That's right. Um, people need help. Yeah, a lot of lot of terrible thing. I think like 2,000 so far found dead or something I think like it's that. 4, 43. I think it's 4,300 4, 4, 4, as of tonight. Gosh, yep. that's awful. Yep. Yeah. Dude, I, I had a friend of mine. Uh, he, had, he had a friend who's in the army and they got deployed to go help him. And he, he just, that dude's found like dozens of dead bodies. It's like, yeah. Yeah. That's that scars you for life. Yeah, it, is, awful. Like it has been it has been really really a very very tough time um, in the area. So um, whatever we can do to help, whatever um, you guys can do to help, um, of course we'd extend our gratitude. Absolutely. Yep. All right, everyone. I think that's all we got today. Uh, as always, if you want, you can find the podcast at TFP Podcast. That's at TFP Podcast with an S at the end. Or you should just email thanksforplaying at gmail.com or go to our website, thanksforplaying.live to find links to our Discord, all that good stuff. Um, and if you want to hang out with your good buddy, Matt, you can find me on Twitter at goodideamatthew. Uh, Hot Mickey, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at teals underscore bcb or you can find me in Discord trying to break news whenever I see it on my Twitter feed. Love it. And Lucas, where can we find you? You could find me on Instagram at goodideamatthew or you could find me on the Discord uh, feel free to uh, shoot me a DM, talk about Magic the Gathering, talk about League of Legends. Uh, no, please, please don't. Um, but yeah, do not hit do me that. Up. Do not do that. <laughs> hit me up and uh, be happy to start a conversation. Love it. All right, everyone. This has been. Thanks for playing. Catch you next time. Scooby-Doo Boop. Thanks for playing as a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Sammy Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch and Red Circle 